Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on the We Thrive podcast, where we share stories from entrepreneurs around the world about how they're creating an impactful legacy. I'm your host, Casey Clark, the founder and chief growth officer of C. Clark Consulting. And today I have the pleasure of introducing you and interviewing Siri Ibrahim, who is joining us from Chicago and who is also the founder of Financial Asset Protections. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Casey. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad. I love your podcast. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, as we were talking about before recording from Chicago, born and raised here. Um, I'm a financial planner, financial strategist. I help clients all over in all 50 states uh, plan for their next financial move, whether that's retirement, whether that's transitioning from their full time job into their own uh, business um, or getting out of debt or saving up for the next house. Whatever their financial situation is, it's my job to help them reach that point. And I've been doing this for about seven years now. I love what I'm doing. I also have a podcast called Thinking Like a Bank Podcast. And as you could probably tell from the title, it's about how to think like a bank, how to apply the same strategies and principles that banks use so that way you can find more financial freedom in, in, your, in your life. So that's what I do. And that's that's who I am. I love that concept. Very out of the box. Yeah. Like you don't kind of relate. Oh, I need to think like a bank, but yeah. hey, they thrive. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome. So speaking of that word thrive, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so thriving and for my definition is like making a big difference, right? So when you're thriving, you're you're changing people's lives. Uh, there's impact, and the impact can be measured based off of what you you want to do. Like so, in our situation, we want to help people find financial freedom. So like one metric we would use is how many people could we help find financial freedom? That's the most important metric for us. So us doing that is us thriving. Awesome. So since that's your primary focus, let's dig a little deeper. What exactly do you look at financial freedom as? Yeah, I look at financial freedom as being able to live the life you want on your own terms. So you don't have to necessarily think about um, your job as your way of paying your bills. Like, you know, a lot of people who are financially free still do work just because they like their jobs a lot. They like helping people. They like the industry they're in or whatever they're doing. But it's it's more of the the wants, right? They're using more wants than needs. So like, I want to take off to, you know, today to go on vacation or I want to do this or I want to buy my next house. It's more wants. That's what I think financial freedom is, being able to use the word want more than the word need. I love that. That's awesome. So in your personal experience, when you mm-hmm. have been working towards those wants, what are some obstacles that you have faced? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Like, So like I wanted financial freedom. So one of the ways, I guess, to do that that I, that I took was to start my own business. Uh, to be an entrepreneur and that you know if if you're an entrepreneur you know that it's good it's it's there's a lot it's the majority of it is an obstacle like the starting off is an obstacle going through is an obstacle you know for for years for some people it takes years to actually like get to what a job is paying you depending on what you do and and how much money you make and things like that but for a lot of people it it could take you know a two to three years just to make what you would make in in a job but i believe that that dip that that difference um is what really it pays the price forward. It re- it's what really gives you that advantage. So that was the biggest obstacle for me is is becoming a becoming self employed, becoming an entrepreneur, and then having to go through that struggle of finding clients, finding clients that you know trust me, uh, finding clients who are willing to work with me. You know that was a big struggle. Uh, and luckily, I've made it through that um, with just you know persistence was the, the main thing. And then those people then referred people to other people. It led to the podcast. It led to guest podcasting like this. 
So kind of like, I guess, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, it just takes time. That's kind of, that's the ultimate, that's the hardest thing to comprehend. It just takes time to, to accomplish things you want to accomplish. Yeah. And unfortunately, as an entrepreneur, you can't say, oh, it takes six months or, mm -hmm. you know, nine yeah. months. Like there's so many variables. So mm -hmm. it's definitely an obstacle. Yeah, absolutely. So with um, you helping people with their finances, I mm -hmm. can definitely see the legacy there. But I'm curious to know what does legacy mean to you? And then how are you personally creating one? Yeah. So legacy is kind of something that can last longer than you. Right. So like you're you're usually for for a lot of people it's their business so like when you see a business sign you know since 1865 or whatever that's a legacy right it was passed down multiple generations the person who started that company is no longer around uh, but their legacy is their concept is their brand their idea still remains and is passed down and, and even re becomes revolutionary and changes throughout time so i think that, that that's what legacy means you know it means having something last longer than you and that's a big part of entrepreneurship is building this business that can last that you could pass down or we work with a lot of real estate investors and a lot of people get into real estate because of the legacy goals behind there they want to build up this massive you know real estate portfolio of rental properties and all types of assets and then they pass that on to their kids so that way their kids have passive income and then they could use that money to fund their things like college and buying houses and then and then starting other businesses they have like a like a, a fallback plan that they can support their families with and so on yeah so how are you creating legacy yeah so a couple ways so one business that's for sure this this business that i'm running right now this i plan to pass this to to my kids and then also i'm a real estate investor so i plan to have the real estate i own also grow buy more real estate and then pass that on to the next generation and i'm also very like one of the main focuses we work on in our business is, is life insurance that's a big part of legacy planning estate planning is having life insurance in place so that's another i have my wife and i we have multiple life insurance policies that we use so that way our kids and grandkids could fund their dreams and their college educations and and you know the things that they want to accomplish so i think it's a, it's a diversified approach right it's multiple assets in multiple ways and, uh, and more importantly it's like the 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 concept of it is you want something to keep going you want something to last i want you know uh, the, the the concepts i talk about in the podcast in our ebook and other books that we write to be passed on to be used in the next generations yeah awesome so i'm curious mm -hmm. um, you had talked about you know how businesses basically evolve over time mm -hmm. um with yours and you know you said you've been doing this for seven years like have you seen a shift in the way that you've had to approach helping people create a legacy yeah definitely i mean it's 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 changed dramatically in the last seven years because you know for one it was pre-covid post-covid so that changed right there a lot of stuff um, yeah. a, a lot of the industry has changed to be virtual, even after, you know, I guess arguably COVID is gone for, for whatever, whatever that means to you, COVID yeah. is gone. <laughs> so, um, so, but we're still kind of in this virtual life, right? We're still, you know, you and I are doing this podcast virtually. So that's, that's one big difference. And I, I had kind of already, I got into the business seven years ago to build a virtual practice. So when, when COVID happened, I had kind of already been working from home. I had already been on the phone and over Zoom. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't really make that much of a difference. But I think that overall in the industry, that's one big difference, right? Is people are now okay with working with somebody in another state or some situations in another country. If that person, you know, if they like working with that person, they don't need to, they don't need to be local. That is, that's a, that's a factor that's changed. Um, and then also kind of the educational part. So education and information now is far more rapid than it was years ago. 
people now can can do research and learn about a subject much quicker than they were able to before because of like TikTok and like YouTube Shorts and other social media platforms. Like they could just if you if you Google search, um, you know, invest in real estate, your TikTok will catch on to that, your YouTube will catch on to that, and all the other platforms you use, and then all of a sudden you start seeing ads for becoming a real estate investor. You start seeing Shorts. So now information is much faster. So that's a big that's another big difference. So in our industry before. Um, you would just, you know, meet with a client, explain some things to them, you know, as a financial planner or a financial strategist. Nowadays, you have to be able to give them the content to people before they even get on the phone with you. Most people won't just call somebody to ask a question because it's that's like too far in the process. They yeah. need to they need to kind of absorb your your website, your social media platforms, what you've done content wise and then if it's a good fit, if they can build a relationship with you online, then they'll actually build a relationship with you. Uh, in person or over the phone. Uh, before it used to be the opposite. There would be they'd be willing to talk to you in person or over, over the phone, and then maybe in the future build some sort of online connection. But now it's complete reversed. Yeah, you're speaking my language. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it. I mean, I I'm eager to see how it changes in the future. Um, mm -hmm. Especially like you said, things are happening so rapidly. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. as far as diversification goes, yeah. um, you have mentioned, you know, insurance policies, things of that nature. Do you typically advise your clients to focus on policies or also self-insure? And I think I know where you're going with this because you do invest in real estate, but I'm curious mm -hmm. to know your yeah, so yeah, when so we when we meet with clients, we go through like a full financial analysis, like a full financial. That's the most important part of our relationship. Is we go through like this whole like uh, usually a one hour long meeting, and we identify like who they are, like what they want to do, where they want to go, like what are their five year, ten year, twenty year goals, what are their legacy goals, as you questioned, as you asked about. Uh, so we we put all that together, and then from there we would build a solution. Sometimes the solution could be um, a policy, right, a life policy using the bank on yourself strategy. Another strategy could be using the policy to fund a real estate deal. Another strategy could be using the, the 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 policy to fund a real estate deal and then using the equity in the real estate deal to fund another investment. So it could be really kind of like, I guess, agile and it could be very creative to certain people depending on how, how far they want to go in the strategy, depending on what they want to do also, and depending on their unique situation, like what their current net worth is, what, what that net worth is comprised of. Like if it's what if it's all illiquid investments? What if it's all liquid? So we want to kind of take a look at that to see like where to go. Um, I guess there's like two parts to like every um, two general parts to every solution. There's the um, able like the the things they can do, and the things they and the second part is the thing they want to do. So if I have ten thousand dollars in my bank account right now, but yeah, I want to invest a million dollars in the stock market. I can't do that. I'm not able to, even though I want to do that, I can't do that because I don't have the liquid funds. And then vice versa. If I do have a million dollars in my bank account, it doesn't necessarily mean I want to invest all that in the stock market. I have yep. the means to do so, but it doesn't necessarily mean I want to. So we want to kind of take that generally, that's kind of two parts to it is what you're able to do and what you um, want to do. Um, and diversification is definitely like, that's one of our like core roots is diversifying, having different sources of income as well as different places to store money. It's just kind of like that old saying, you know, never have all your eggs in one basket. Like, you know, it's, it's too, you know, there's, it can lead to too much uh, risk that way by having one type of investment. I really like having like one investment fund another investment and then that second investment fund a third. I, I love that model and that way that approach to things. This is what like thinking like a bank is. It's like 
it's not just one thing, one use for that dollar. It's like multiple uses in multiple ways over and over again. Yes, I love that. I will definitely be listening to your podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So if you could give someone a nugget of advice mm -hmm. um, that would help them, you know, strive towards thriving, what mm -hmm. would that nugget be? Yeah. Uh, so I, I would, the advice I would give you is to, um, let's see, um, or the financial nugget I would give you is have multiple, like the same way how you would diversify your, um, your investments, you would also want to diversify your knowledge. So don't just take advice from one person and just do that one thing that one person says, because that's because financial planning is far more complex than that. It takes like multiple opinions, multiple ideas and multiple avenues. So kind of diversify, have like multiple people tell you or listen to multiple different strategies, right? Like I saw like this clip back to YouTube shorts, right? I saw this YouTube short. It was about Warren Buffett talking. He's like, you know, just put your money in the stock market you know, in the index fund, and then just don't do anything else, just put money into monthly, and then you'll be a multimillionaire, no need to follow all the other nonsense. Now, Warren Buffett, obviously, like, arguably the best stock investor in history, but but is that is that advice necessarily applicable to you? I wouldn't necessarily agree. I don't think that that applies to everyone, right? Also, understand that person's, um, where that person's objective and where they're at. Warren Buffett owns oh, a lot of co companies <laughs> in the stock market and his companies also own shares of other like Berkshire Hathaway owns Apple. It owns Google. It owns Coca-Cola. It owns other shares. So when you invest in the stock market, ultimately it goes to his companies. Again, he knows what he's talking about, but not necessarily that's not that advice, not necessarily applicable to other people. So diversify the knowledge places you get, look at different avenues and don't just kind of like stick on one thing. Like a lot of our clients are also. Not a lot, but some of our clients are also like Dave Ramsey fans, right? They listen to Dave Ramsey. And some of, some of the things he talks about, I like. I like the things he talks about, like getting out of debt and staying away from debt and things like that. But he also, when you when you listen to him closely and he talks about like growing money, he only has one place for that. And that's the stock market or mutual funds. That's it. He just says, go to this mutual fund, put your money in there and don't do anything else. Just get 12% every year. And I hate to break it to you guys, but you, don't, you do not make 12% in a mutual fund. You don't, <laughs> you'd have to go out and get a mutual fund and then invest in it and then show me the rich re returns on it every year to see that I got 12%. And in other words, that doesn't happen. You don't get 12% every year in a mutual fund. You have to diversify it out, not just in the stock market, but outside of the stock market. So again, diversify your education as well and, and, and the sources of education. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, to me, I always say it's not a cookie yeah. cutter approach. I mean, same thing for your business. You can't just give like a one size fits all. Yeah. So I love that. Awesome. So is there anything else you want to share with our listeners that you haven't mentioned so far today? Yeah. So we talked about diversification. I like that question. We talk about legacy. We talked about, um, let's see, diversifying educational sources. I'm trying to think of anything else. You know, tax is a very big part, right? You want to make sure that you're not just, you know, growing money and it's all going to be taxable. You, there are ways to grow tax-free income, tax-free wealth. I, we, I actually wrote a book called Thinking Like a Bank. It's an ebook. You can download it for free. And then in the book, it talks about how you can grow tax-free money, like how to accumulate it tax-free and how to take out that money tax-free. So kind of just open your eyes also to taxes, you know, risk um, and, and and volatility. And then the book, the book we wrote, Thinking Like a Bank, talks about these strategies. So check it out. And then if you want to like, have like, a free consultation, I'll be more than happy to, to talk to you over the phone or over Zoom for free um, after reading the book or after checking out our content. 
Okay, awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure to include that ebook link um, when we start sharing your podcast. So that's exciting. Now I have something else to read. <laughs> My <laughs> list just keeps getting longer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's all good. So, well, I appreciate you taking the time today. Um, it's always nice to be able to collaborate with someone who's not local. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, I thank you for reaching out and it has definitely been a pleasure talking with you and got thank some you. little nuggets myself. Yeah, so, likewise. Nice talking to you as well. Thank you. So I'd also like to thank our music sponsor, Stephen Lamar Moore, who produced the music for our podcast. So thank you again. It has been great.